Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. Hey friends, welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. I am told that this is our 65th episode and we began just under a year ago and I just want to say a quick word of thanks to you that have been listening. There might even be a few of you listening now that were listening in the very first episode and a lot of you have come in the last several months as um, God has uh, kind of expanded our audience, and I'm just grateful no matter whether you're a first-time listener or if you have been with us the whole time. I'm just grateful that you're listening. Uh, The whole intention of my heart for the Mavericks and Misfits podcast is just to address um, culture, to address uh, kingdom, to address church life, Christianity from a place that is not uh, boxed in, status quo, denominationalized. I just coined that term, I think. And I I really want to just uh, help people to become kingdom people, Uh, teach people to think, teach people to examine why they believe what they believe, and to consider that there's always an opportunity to refine or even reform uh, what we believe, because mostly uh, what we believe has been passed down to us from hopefully well-intending people, but even well-intending people may pass down things that are not necessarily organically kingdom. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of religion out there, and um, more than likely, whoever got to you first influenced you the most deeply. And so I'm just the kind of guy who thinks that Jesus wants to lead us in constantly constantly examining um you know, what we believe and why we believe it and to make sure that it's what he's saying. And the Lord is speaking. The Lord is definitely speaking. Um, he is speaking constantly, 100%, 24-7, 365 days a year through the written word. And I hope that you're a student of the written word. I'm still a student of the written word. I study the Bible. I actually read the words of scripture and, uh, and take in context, take in, um, you know, Greek and Hebrew words and uh, historicity and, you know, all of the things that we're taught uh, to do when we're studying the word. You've got it. You've got to learn to eat the Bible. And uh, I hope that you're doing that. But the Lord also speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to his people through that inner voice. And it's so important that we're walking in sanctification and holiness. We're walking in love and we're walking in faith and hope and expectation that God is alive, that he's not trapped in the Bible, nor is he you know, preoccupied with something else going on in the cosmos and therefore too busy to speak with us. Um, that would be an unfortunate way of thinking about your Heavenly Father. And so I hope that you're pressing in through the Word, and I hope that you're being um, you know, interactive with God through the Holy Spirit. Um, when I was in fourth grade, that was a long time ago, <laughs> I made up my mind um, that I was going to be what was called back then a disc jockey. It was a radio guy. And uh, I determined literally at you know, eight or nine years old, when I grow up, I'm going to be a radio guy. I had this like dream of working by myself in a radio station with some big old fat headphones on my ears and a big silver microphone in front of my mouth. And I wanted to talk. And ultimately, I wanted to make people laugh. Um And I want to do all of that from the comfort of some insulated radio station studio where nobody could see me. People are um, sometimes surprised to know that 
at, at the core, I'm actually an introvert. Um, I, I appear extroverted to people because when I'm exercising uh, my primary gifting, which is communication and leadership, I do that in the context of crowds or groups of people. But um, I, I refresh alone. I am actually an introvert. And so as a little boy, that, that idea of being in an insulated studio where nobody could see me got, got my heart going. And I think it was in that same year, my dad got me this plastic, I can still see it, red cassette tape recorder for Christmas in fourth grade. So for those of you that wonder, that would have been 1978. And dad gets me this classically, you know, just really 70s looking red cassette tape recorder. And so for the next couple of years, I actually spent my free time doing shows in my basement on this cassette recorder. I would edit fake interviews between me and the various guests on my show, by the way, all of whom were played by me. So I was the host and I was also the guest. And you talk about introversion, you're creating, you know, context where you're interviewing yourself on the radio. Yeah, I had friends, but this was, this was just kind of my, my side gig. Um, and so like I developed as a, a little boy, these these array of ridiculous accents and I spent the better part of really I think it was like a couple of years recording these shows on stacks of cassettes that were there in my bedroom I mean (laughs) I want you to think about it it's amazing what kids got accomplished back then before video games were like the main thing I mean I guess I could say this way I was a podcaster before podcasting was cool back in 1978 um What's funny, just in case you're interested in knowing, I actually had an on-air name that I gave myself as this, um, you know, fantasy radio host, and the name was Drake Hastings. <laughs> Makes me laugh thinking about it. I was Drake Hastings, and that was my on-air radio persona. And of course, nobody was listening but me. But um, even back then, I, I clearly see now. Back then, the the instinct and desire to verbally communicate was really, really strong within me, even if my aim was off just a little bit. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, the forum that I envisioned for myself as a, as a fourth grader for my life's purpose, that was also off target. God, God actually did not plan for me to sit in a studio alone, disconnected from other people. He didn't call me to an isolated monologue. And ultimately, he ended up giving me the treasure of dialogue. And he has now at, you know, 51 years old, he's blessed me to share life with others. So um, Drake Hastings was retired before I even began middle school. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you something here. I actually still find today that I have to shun some of Drake's Lone Ranger traits that want to rise up within within me all these years later. Sometimes I'm still tempted to settle into old tendencies and want to do my life alone as a monologue. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it's just easier to isolate, retreat, talk to yourself. But I've, I've made a commitment to the Lord never to settle for anything that is primarily cozy and secluded as my life's purpose because I don't think God has called us to a life spent watching from a distance. It reminds me of this rarely spoken of account in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, chapter 32, Israel's getting ready to move into the promised land and Moses is preparing them for that. 
um, and he's talking to the tribes about where they're going to go. And two of the tribes, um, the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben, didn't want to go fully all in in the war. They wanted to take the easiest place of rest. And um, Numbers 32, verse 6 says this, Moses said to the people of Gad and to the people of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? And so Reuben and Gad, these tribes, didn't want to go all the way fully in to the promised land. They wanted to settle too soon. They wanted to be distant from their brothers, the other tribes. And they were asking for a permission to put a little space between them and the fullness of what God had for the people of Israel and a little space between them and all the battles that it would take to claim the best inheritance that God had. And Reuben and Gad, they serve as a reminder of the tendency within a lot of people to want to settle for too little too soon. And uh, I just have to say, you know, Drake Hastings was not the first person nor the last person who preferred to do life all alone. Because we have it right here in ancient Israel, there's these two tribes among the 12 who literally asked permission from Moses to hang out on the east side of the Jordan River while their brothers went forward into the fullness of the promised land. Why'd they do that? Well, because Gad and Reuben found a comfortable place, you know. It would have been a safer place, and they decided that it would be a good enough place to set up camp for themselves and watch their brothers go forth to war. And by the way, just so you know, the reason, you can read it in Numbers 32, the reason that they wanted to settle is because that particular land was plush. I mean, it was it was great. It was accommodating. It was, I think most importantly, it was battle-free. There was no wars. There was no risk. There's There'd be no time away from the good life for Reuben and Gad if Moses would just let them settle. And, you know, that desire for comfort and safety was so strong that they're they were actually willing to forego the fuller promises that God had made about the land that awaited them if they would just go a little further on. God had said, oh, look, this is going to be awesome. It's my very best that I have for you. And I want all the tribes of Israel to move in. Yes, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to blood, sweat, and tears. You're going to have to risk. It's going to be dangerous, scary, and sacrificial at times. But it's the best that I have for you. And I want all of you to go in. And Gad and Reuben, as representatives of a type of person that they just want to settle, they're like, nah, I don't think so. I think I think we, we like what we've got right here, and it, it, we don't mind not stepping into the fullness of what God has for us because we found a safety zone, a comfort zone, and a manageable place where we want to do life. And so, like many people, Reuben and Gad found the first place that suited their taste, and they immediately sought approval for settling down. But they were talking to the wrong dude because Moses is a wise leader and he declined their request. He said, oh, no, 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 no. In that verse that I read, there were two reasons that Moses said, no, you're not going to settle on the east side of the Jordan. The first reason was it was unthinkable that Reuben and Gad would embrace personal ease while their brothers risked it all. I mean, Moses is like, what are you talking about? You guys are going to publicly, flagrantly 
settle down while everybody else is serving, sacrificing, fighting, conquering the enemy, battling, pressing onward for the glory of God. And you guys are going to audaciously ask to settle down. Moses is like, no. But the, the second thing was, is that their, their potential settling too soon would serve as a really bad example to all the others if Moses said yes. If, if they settled and Moses said yes to their request to settle, what a terrible example to the other 10 tribes. And it would possibly discourage them from fulfilling God's plan for Israel to go inherit the promised territory. And so permission denied. No, Moses was not going to allow that to happen. They weren't going to be allowed to watch the war on their primitive flat screen TVs from the comfort of their ancient recliners. They weren't supposed to be observers, isolated. They were supposed to be community, serving, sacrificing, and warring together for the glory of God and to inherit the fullness of what God had for them. So I I think probably... Um, all of us have a little bit of Reuben and Gad potentially inside of us. If I'm being honest, I, I discern that this tendency seems to be growing in the church in the day in which we're living. No matter what your denomination is, you might be Baptist, you might be Presbyterian or Methodist, you could be a charismatic, but this sense of community is being replaced with this assertion and protection of individuality. You do your thing, I do my thing. And we're losing the concept that God said, no, you guys are one and I want you all to move together. I think COVID taught us how to embrace isolation. We learned how to survive without like regular human partnership because our churches shut down, our neighborhoods shut down, our stores shut down, our towns and schools shut down. And in all of that, there there's now the growing assumption that, you know, We're okay to be left alone, and we've been more than willing. We've proven more than willing to leave other people alone. You know, I have a media ministry, um, Transforming Truth. uh, Mavericks and Misfits podcast is part of the Transforming Truth umbrella ministry, and it's media. And we, we, we reach, I mean, innumerably more people through media than we do here locally, through this podcast, through Transforming Truth YouTube page through our Roku channel, um, through the Transforming Truth app. Um, and I appreciate technology and I appreciate media, but let me tell you, man, I'm just going to be you know, honest here. The downfall to media and podcasting and live streaming and YouTubing and all of that stuff is that people are getting disconnected from community and community is a massive part of what it means to be a Christian. You're not Drake Hastings sitting alone. You're not Reuben and Gad settling too soon. And so... I think, like Reuben and Gad, we, we got to the place where we don't mind if others move forward and conquer the hills that await them, but we've, we tend to find these cozy little veils with plenty of comfortable pasture land that's calling our names loudly, saying, settle here, settle here, settle here. And, and it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge that there's a cause and a bigger purpose and a calling upon us generally as believers, but we tend to allow for that to rest in the realm of spiritual theory rather than a kingdom actuality. Maybe not you, maybe not me, but I'm just talking about us, the Big C Church. We do a little. I mean, we really do. But crossing the Jordan into the land of giants and fortresses like for battle, 
That's just not something that we're necessarily feeling up to attaching our names to. And so I'm asking God to wash that kind of disposition out of my heart. You know, Drake Hastings needs to be crucified. That independent, isolated, introverted. By the way, being introverted and isolated are not synonyms. It's not the same thing. You can be introverted but choose not to be isolated. But we need that junk washed out of our hearts, and I, I need I need the Lord to permanently erase seclusion and settling too soon off of the list of my life options, and you do too. It is not the Lord's will for you to live isolated, secluded, and watching without pressing in, sacrificing, adventuring, moving forward, risking it, pursuing, believing connecting. It's not the Lord's will for you not to do that. So I'm asking him to keep some strong spirited Moseses <laughs> in my own life, in your life that, that will challenge our attitudes and, and, and have us address our own actions. Um, you've heard this said before, God, you know, God has ordained that his children be pioneers, but too many of us have become settlers. And, it's not the will of the Lord for you to settle. It really isn't. Rest and quitting or rest and settling are not the same thing. You rest. You can rest in Christ even in the context of battle and advance and, and, and expansion of what your life is. So as you're listening, will you join me in asking God to help you fight the spirit of the age, the spirit of settling? the spirit of quitting, the spirit of not pressing in for the fullness of all that God has? Will you ask God, will you implore the Lord to work strongly in your own life to make you distinct from this age and lukewarmness and settling and isolation? Will you ask him to make you distinct? Will you ask him to empower you to live differently than those who don't want to share in this kind of life, kingdom living? And guys, I think we all need to just agree in prayer that God will heal the church of being allergic to risk. A lot of people are just risk allergic. If it's tough or it has the possibility of costing them or if they might wonder if they can succeed or fail, they just don't try. Man, I, I do not want my journey to discourage others who might have otherwise advanced into the fullness of God-promised territory for them. I mean, straight up, I, I shudder to think that I might impart to a younger generation the unkingdom notion that God loves it when we live on cruise control or live in a cul-de-sac, spiritually speaking. I don't, I don't want to waste my life in a secluded studio talking via some outmoded red cassette recorder to a make-believe audience with whom my life actually never makes connection. Some of y'all might say, well, it's ironic that you're saying all this on a podcast. Well, this is just part of what I do. I mean, yeah, I'm sitting in a studio by myself with a microphone right now, but this is not what, this is not my life. This is an opportunity to share, but I will leave the studio. I will leave this microphone. I will go out and do what I do most of the time, which is connecting life with life and doing life with people because the kingdom of God is not virtual. It's not found in the fiction section. The kingdom of God is kinetic. There's a big $3 word for you, kinetic. It's moving, it's active, it's energized. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not to be observed, it's to be experienced by you. It's to be shared by you, it's to be advanced by you. 
I mean, think about it. Jesus himself could have, but he didn't, just holler instructions from heaven. Jesus didn't just bellow out with an omnipotent, global, cosmological voice, this is what you do. No, what did Jesus do? Well, he invaded our planet to place right before our eyes and our ears and our hands the very person of God. Jesus Christ positioned himself to be with us, not just for us. And so he's moving right now on this very day to trek with you into something greater. He's leading you. He's leading me too. But I mean, he's leading you to unexplored places in his land of promise. And lots of your brothers and sisters are going there and he's inviting me and you to go with them, with him as he goes with them. So Gad and Reuben instincts are not of the Holy Spirit. And so I guess the question is, will you go a little further and will you go a little longer? Will you not ask the Lord to let you settle? Will you not, will you not get addicted to comfort and allergic to risk? Because he's not done with you yet. If God was done advancing the kingdom through your life, you would be dead on earth and alive in heaven. You'd be out of here. The very fact that you're hearing these words tells me that he's not done with you yet. And so don't settle because he's not wanting you to watch others do kingdom while you play it safe. There's a giant out there that will only fall through you. And you can't kill the giant from the safety of this side of the Jordan River. You've got to cross over into the fullness with risk, with faith, with trust, with the power of God, with the word of God, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and with a confidence that God has not made you a settler, but he's made you part of the pioneering church. I, I, I'm finding that considering any lesser option, um, it leaves me feeling like an imaginary Drake Hastings hugging an unplugged microphone when God's destined me to be something something far beyond a studio, beyond a monologue, and beyond the norm of Western Christianity. I mean, how, did, how let's think about this. How did the church, whose God sent her into the world, lose her courage to even leave the house? You heard me. I'm, I'm a little you know, disturbed in my spirit that Christians are operating in fear. And God said, go out into the world. Go out into the entire world. And we're like, yeah, we're afraid to leave our house because we might get sick. Give me a break. Guys, these are days of adventures and risk, and the war on us is not getting any more mild. I, I, I see it like the battle smoke thickening with every passing year, and we can't afford to become addicted to our nesting and our ease. So we've got to get intentionally still and quiet and hear the King of Kings marshalling us to radicalize for his glory. And when I say radicalize, I'm not talking about like radical Islam where they're cutting people's heads off and stuff like that. Obviously, that's of the devil. But I'm talking about radicalize in our commitments for the glory of Jesus. I mean, he, I, I, I still think the Lord's searching for Christian zealots. Who, who, these people are going to make an intentional dent in their generation. And they're going to do it through lavish love and off-the-chart sacrifice and like time warp speed pursuit of God's glory. And Reuben and Gad, um, they're the exact opposite. They serve, they're in the Bible as an example uh, for me and you. And um, I would just say if, you know, Reuben and Gad, that spirit of Reuben and Gad to settle and let everybody else do the hard work, if, if that's in you, you need to fire them. <laughs> you need to go ahead and, you know, don't just fire them, crucify them. Crucify that spirit in you. And because what, what will happen if you don't is they'll band together and they'll do a corporate takeover on your life. 
So fire them. You know, don't give them any severance pay. Tell them to walk and change the locks on the door and tell them they can never come back in. Do not settle where you are today. Do not settle where you've been. I don't even care if it's been good and fruitful. Don't settle there. Where God was using you yesterday is awesome. If you did it with the right motivation, there's going to be great reward for you, and there will be um, an unalterable history that God did something great in your life yesterday or last year or 10 years ago. That's awesome. But don't live there because God's not doing anything yesterday. The Lord's not doing anything in the past. He's doing something in the present towards the future. Learn from the past, but you can't live off of it. When you settle where you are, that's, that's to me where living stops. And I'm, I'm praying that the Lord will really stir uh, young millennials and Gen Zers. Because I believe that you guys are going to minister in one of the most unique times in kingdom history. You guys are shortly going to be the leaders in the kingdom. The Gen Xers may be prominent leaders. A lot of us, you know, recognize as Gen Xers that, you know, we better impart to the next generation the most important things because they're about to lead the kingdom. Uh, I've got a millennial daughter and a Gen Z son, and I want both of them to appreciate where God's brought them so far, but I don't want them to settle while all of their peers cross over and do war for the glory of God against the giants in the land. And I don't want that for you either. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus to believe that God has something great for you on the other side. I'm talking about the other side of complacency, the other side of being allergic to risk, the other side of being comfortable and living for comfort. In the name of Jesus, I bless you with a compulsion, an inner Holy Spirit compulsion, never to settle to press forward, to press on, to fight well, to lay it all on the line, to live heroically for the glory of God. Whether you think you've got, it's going to be, make the headlines or never make the headlines, that doesn't matter. God writes the stories. You just show up and to, to participate in the story that he's writing. And if Gad and Reuben come knocking at your door and say, check it out, look at the ease, look at the comfort, look at the seclusion, look at the isolation, there's safety here. Um, shut the door in their face. Um, for all of you out there that are introverts, I just want to say it one more time. Introverted and isolated are not the same thing. You can be introverted and still powerfully used for the glory of God in your generation. And extroverts, don't get overly excited about where you are because where you are is simply a stepping stone to where you need to be. Time's gone. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to episode 65. We'll be back next time with episode 66. Who knows what we'll talk about? If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'm wide open to your suggestions for topics. And if you write me, your email may even make it on the air. And so let me know what's going on in your head and heart. There are things in the kingdom that you want answers to. I will try my best to answer them. And if not, just show back up and listen to whatever the Lord's laid on my heart from wherever source he chooses. Until next time, we will see you later. Bye-bye. Have you gotten a copy of Jeff's book? His autobiography, titled Figuring It Out As I Go, shares Jeff's journey from being abandoned at childhood to journeying through the maze of addiction as a teen and young adult, into his supernatural deliverance at the age of 24, and then into the fascinating pilgrimage into the depths of the Holy Spirit. 
Order your copy today at jefflyle.com or anywhere online where you buy books. You can also hear Jeff narrate the book by ordering an audio copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at audible.com.